The quality of life in every community is directly related to the trust and cooperation in the services we provide. Each is a spoke in a wheel that functions best when all of the services are connected, along with the public alike. This partnership cannot be overinvested. On this episode of The Blue View, we're going to discuss initiatives that foster partnerships with communities and those who are sworn to protect and serve them. We're joined by Rick and Gleamer, president of the Missouri State Fraternal Order of Police and a sergeant with the Lee Summit Police Department, as well as Kevin Albrand, the national trustee and a sergeant with the St. Louis Police Department. I'm Patrick Hills, national president of Fraternal Order Police, and this is The Blue View. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the uh, on the Blue View. Uh, Rick, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about your, about your background. Uh, I've been a police officer in Missouri for about 33 or 34 years now. Uh, I spent a, a large portion of my career in undercover narcotics, worked in K-9 for about 10 years, and I have been a uh, patrol sergeant at my current department for approximately 14 years. Uh, for FOP-related activity, uh, Kevin and I came on the state board together. Uh, I've been in leadership roles throughout most of my career. Uh, Kevin and I came on the state board. I was the executive, or excuse me, the second vice president for four years. I was Kevin's executive vice president for 10, and I've been the state president for about six years. And I'm going on, I think, my 20th year as our uh, local lodge president uh, here in the regional area of Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, great. Thanks. And, and Kevin, how about you? Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I'm in my uh, 39th year of uh, law enforcement. Uh, uh, 34 of those years with St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. I was with St. Louis County Police Department before that. Uh, as Rick said, we came on the uh, state board together. I was uh, local lodge president of the St. Louis Police Officers Association, uh, uh, was uh, first vice president of the state lodge, um, 10 years as president, and I now serve as the national trustee for Missouri. Great. Rick, Rick um, in, 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 Kevin, we, it's been a very strange time for law enforcement over these last two years. Uh, and law enforcement has been demonized by so many across this country, and, and uh, it's taken its toll on us. Uh, Kevin, let's start with you. What is it like? What's the morale like in the uh, St. Louis uh, Police Department right now? You know, it, it's extremely tough. Uh, it's been We're coming up on the two-year anniversary of uh, June 1st, the uh, George Floyd riots in St. Louis. Uh, that night, we had 13 buildings downtown area burned to the ground, hundreds of buildings looted. Uh, four of our officers uh, were shot as they were standing on a skirmish line. Uh, retired captain uh, murdered as he was responding to a uh, burglar alarm at a business he worked at. Um, it's just uh, incredibly hard for these officers. Uh, we have a progressive, very progressive uh, prosecutor who... Uh, uh, does not support us in any way. Uh, currently, we have 4,500 warrants that are pending uh, for her office to to rule on. Some of them going over a year, uh, including violent felonies. Um, the pay in St. Louis is extremely low. So it's it's I I commend these officers uh, that go out each and every day. Um, it's just really tough time in St. Louis right now. Yeah, it's uh, and it's, it's unfortunately it's not just St. Louis. It's it's happening across the country. Uh, Rick, uh, it's it's not just exclusive to to that part of the state. It 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 really does stretch across the entire state. What what, is, what do you see across uh, Missouri? Well, you know, throughout Missouri, I mean, the officers, like every place else in the country, they they feel fairly beleaguered. They they uh, 
feel attacked and, and in particularly in our metropolitan areas with the uh, activist prosecutors and politicians that they don't, no matter how they they try to package it, they're, they're defund the police movement uh, and their, their uh, uh, rhetoric and message about police officers um, not only demoralize the officers, but it makes their jobs more dangerous. It's become uh, more acceptable to attack the police, resist the police, uh, uh, come at us with violence. Um, it's, you know, throughout a, lot of, throughout a lot of the state of Missouri, uh, we actually have tremendous support uh, from our communities and our local governments. Um, but even with that, that type of support, um, in nine days last month in March, we had two incidents in Joplin, Missouri and Bonterre, Missouri, where in, in two separate instances, we had five officers shot, three of which were killed. Um, and that's the, 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 that's, that's kind of the, the, the reality that we live in now is that people feel more emboldened because of that rhetoric and those messages and the, the lack of prosecution. Yeah, it's uh, and, and, and it's uh, I'd love to to tell you that it's it's unique only to the state of Missouri, but it's not. What we're seeing across this country in in a number of cities, the ones with the highest crime rates, we see a uh, failed failed um, experiments uh, trying to do police reform in a way that really doesn't connect uh, with uh, with with creating quality communities. Uh, so what we're seeing is uh, is a lack of consequences for actions. And we all know in law enforcement that the majority of, of, uh, of, of violent crime is really committed by a very small percentage of people. But those small percentage of people are given the opportunity to, to, to get out of jail with low or, or no bond. Uh, and that revolving door just allows them to continue to, to offend the, the very communities that, uh, that, that many of the activists insist that they're trying to, they're trying to help. Uh, so it really is a, a challenge, but, but, you know, the, the, I guess the, what I'd really like to, to talk about is even before all of this rhetoric started, we all know that in law enforcement, the very powers that we possess are directly related to the trust in our communities. Uh, and that trust also has to do with uh, with an education component as well. Uh, when everyone truly understands what we're doing and why we're doing it, um, they all become uh, part of the solution uh, to, to problems. And even before all of this rhetoric, uh, a number of, of programs throughout throughout the country uh, are, are happening in communities, every single community, to build that trust and build that relationship, um, build that partnership. Uh, that's truly what it is. And, and Missouri has quite a few of those. Uh, Rick, why don't you talk about some of the some of the programs that you have throughout your state, your lodges are doing to 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 really build that uh, community trust and understanding of the roles that law enforcement officers play in each one of their communities. You know, like you said, Pat, the 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 role of the the communication and the partnership between the community and its law enforcement just just can't be understated. We derive our authority from them. We need them to solve crimes. We need them to feel comfortable calling us when they're a victim. Um, and so that's always been obviously the, the focus for many years, but it, it seems to be more to the forefront at this point. And the things that we have done throughout the, the uh, uh, state is, um, I think most every one of our lodges participates in the, the Cops and Kids uh, Christmas program, uh, where we find underprivileged children and, and we take them shopping and provide for them and their families. We, uh, many of the lodges, we provide for underprivileged families, not just during the holidays, uh, but, but when they're in need. We do uh, uh, meetings where we try and meet with the community and, and open those dialogues. Uh, one of our lodges, Kansas City, participates with the local ministerial alliance. Uh, that's Lodge 99. And they participate heavily in a, a food bank uh, for those that are in need. 
Um, it's not just that we're we're here policing the community. We are actually through as our officers and, and through the fraternal order police, we're working to enrich our communities, engage our communities, and do everything we can to open that dialogue. Uh, because that that partnership, as with any business or or any endeavor, um, it, it only works better when there's that open line of communication, and particularly when there's trust. And we have to know each other uh, to develop that trust. And Kevin, you have uh, on your side of the state uh, in the uh, St. Louis area, there's a number of things that you, that you you all do as well that your lodge does in order to build that uh, trust as well. Can you uh, t- uh, touch on some of those? Sure. Uh- the department has a program called Polar Cops. Uh, it's a, uh, a retrofitted ice cream truck. Um, and we send that into communities uh, after violent incidents. And it seems like a small thing, but uh, we give out free ice cream to the kids. Um, uh, it seems to make a big impact. Uh, we also have a, a Citizens Academy, which I think is extremely important. And it, and it, it allows people to see exactly uh, what we do and why we do things. Um, some of this started back uh, during Ferguson. I sat on the Ferguson Commission uh, with a wide variety of uh, other uh, commissioners, and and it was it was uh, you know some things we take for granted. For uh, we, some things we take for granted. Uh, hey, this is why we do this. This is why we do that. It, I, I was. I had to remind myself that the average citizen does not know why we do things. So I had a chance to talk to activists and, uh, and other people. And, and when you explain to them why we do things, uh, uh, they understand. Uh, unfortunately, uh, all this is about building relationships. Uh, the best way to build relationships, uh, remember the, the, the cops program that started uh, in the 80s. Uh, hey, that, that was nothing new. It was all about getting to know the people on your beat. Unfortunately, with, uh, you know, we're down so much in manpower, it, it doesn't allow the officers time to really get out there and, and get to know the people in their beat and, and handle their call effectively because there's calls backed up. So we have to do these extra things uh, uh, on our off-duty time. We, we have a bike giveaway program uh, in St. Louis. And um, like I said, it's all just about building relationships. And when you explain to people why we do certain things, uh, it really opens their eyes. You know, uh, it, it's a false multiplier. Uh, when you have a public that truly understands uh, why we do the things we do uh, and, and is empowered with uh, with knowledge of what's going on in their community, uh, they are in a much better position to help us solve those crimes and deter those crimes. And, and it really does uh, improve the quality of life within, within a community. Um, it, you know, I, we look across this country and we see rising crime. Um, and and the, the the commonality of the places that have the rising crime are some really uh, two factors, I think. One, the demonization of their law enforcement, and two, uh, a, a rush to judgment and changes in, in, in what's called police reform without really including all of the spokes in the wheel uh, that, that create a quality community. And, and what we're seeing is the results of these, these revolving doors, these, uh, these policies that, are, that, that have not been helpful. We also know that uh, that lack of understanding uh, that misinformation that has been put out has created another challenge, a huge challenge for us in the law enforcement profession, one that I think is going to be around for or maybe a decade. And, and that is, is if we were able to switch, you know, flip a switch today, uh, everybody loved law enforcement again. They truly understand what we do and the role we play and the importance we have to each one of our communities. We slip, flip that switch today. 
in all of the vacancies that we have in law enforcement, we had qualified applicants that stepped forward and said, I want to be the next wave of law enforcement. I want to be, I want to be the best and the brightest that, that's going to shape law enforcement for the next generation. Even if that happened today, it would probably be about five years before we would have effective law enforcement officers because through the entire training process, the screening process, training process, field training, and in, in, in getting uh, that experience, that job experience to become effective, uh, we know that that, uh, that is not an easy, an easy task, yet we're seeing people leave this profession at a very high rate. Uh, and at the same time, we're seeing our recruits, our, our next wave of the best and the brightest coming in and shaping law enforcement. There are, there are very low number. So what, what is, what is, what do you see, uh, Kevin in St. Louis? Uh, how is the staffing in St. Louis police department? Uh, how is, how's the morale? How is it, uh, um, you know, coping with the shortage of, of personnel? Well, it's, it, it's really tough. Uh, two years ago, we were about 150 officers, uh, below authorized strength, uh, the city, uh, decided to cut those positions so that then they said well now you're now you're at full strength uh since they've cut us 150 we're now down another 150 below that uh it's extremely difficult uh pay is one thing uh we we're seen as a training ground we we hire uh, a lot of young officers they spend about two or three years here and then they go they go for high higher paying jobs in the suburbs uh it's really it's really hard to compete with these high paying jobs, getting the best and brightest people. And I wanted to add to that healthiest people too. Uh, officer wellness, we've been so far lagging in officer wellness for years. And, and now people are really trying to realize, Hey, if, if that officer is having issues at home, if he is having dependency problems, that's how he's going to uh, treat the public. So, so we're starting to get the public more involved in our officer wellness. Uh, it's just a really tough time now to recruit and retain. And, um, I think it comes down to two things, the way we're viewed uh, by society and, and the low pay, uh, it's tough getting a kid out of college. That's, that's real bright and saying, Hey, you want to come be a cop for $45,000 a year, or do you want to go work for uh, Dell computers starting at a hundred thousand? So, uh, recruitment is key. Uh, we've got to have the best and brightest people in our recruitment areas too, to, to, to get these people in here. Hey, it's still, this is still the greatest job in the world. Uh, and, and I think once, uh, we can show that to these kids, uh, we can recruit them. Uh, it's still a really cool job, I think. Yeah. And it, and it, it's an education piece. We, we need, uh, we need to do our part, uh, to help the public understand the challenges that we're facing, why it's difficult to, uh, to attract the best and the brightest in this environment and how we all play a role in trying to, uh, trying to, to, to work past these issues and, and get the next wave of law enforcement. Rick, what are you seeing across the state? Um, you know, like every place, I don't, I don't know any department that's not down a minimum of 10%. Um, we had a lodge meeting last night. I actually talked to our representatives from one department that's uh, it's about a 50,000 member department in the metropolitan area. Um, they are more than 25% down, which is fairly common. And in their first line supervision in the uniform division, they're at 50%. Um, it just, you know, for a suburban department like where I work out of a city of about 100,000, uh, we used to be, we would garner six, 700 applicants for every testing process. Um, we're lucky now. We feel pretty pretty lucky if we get 30, maybe 40 at best. Um, 
a good portion of those don't even show up or, or pass the initial interview. Kansas City used to do 2,000 uh, per testing process. They feel lucky if they get 200 at this point. Um, so what we've we've done is because it's so hard to keep people and retain people is is now we're, we're cannibalizing our own. Um, departments are doing everything they can to, to steal from each other through um, accelerated uh, payment plans and step plans and uh, hiring incentives to hire people with experience and, and uh, sign on bonuses, anything we can do. And it's, it's great, but it's kind of pushing the problem down the road um, at certain cities and other cities are, are benefiting from it. And it's that lack of ability to recruit qualified applicants uh, and the ability to retain them um, obviously is, is it's very hard on the officers um, because their workload increases, their time off decreases, they're constantly having to work overtime. Um, it's very hard to plan family events or you know, know that you're going to be able to go home to your, your kid's game that day. Um, so it's, it's very difficult. And, and the, the, the rhetoric like we've talked about has made it hard. But now the, the workload um, has kind of exponentially uh, made it worse because um, you, it's not just the job, the dangers and the rhetoric. It's the, the work is, is continually kind of pressing on you even more and more than it, uh, it did before. You know, which brings us back to to how we started this uh, this discussion. There are so many, so many issues facing law enforcement that uh, that reasonable people understand when we have good and open, respectful conversations on on a path on how to to resolve these. And uh, those community partnerships that we build are so vitally important in helping them understand the, the challenges that we have. Um, and, and, and you've done quite well uh, with a number of programs in your state that, that help on, on an individual basis and lodges to, to build that support. But uh, you've, you've undertaken a, a, a new initiative, uh, one that's rather interesting and uh, uh, one that will help on a broader sense uh, pull people together to have these meaningful discussions and better understand what, uh, what we do in law enforcement and become a false multiplier and help us address these issues across the state. Rick, why don't you, uh, why don't you, why don't you start off, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, the foundation that you, you put together and uh, what, what you hope to accomplish with it. You know, we've had the uh, Missouri FOP Foundation has been around for a while and it, it funds our programs like scholarships, uh, it funds our disaster relief, our community outreach, and those types of things. But it was always, um, it was nothing more than, than kind of a, a, an attempt at fundraising so we could fund those programs. Um, and, and so what we have done now is we have partnered with a company that has, has taken it over. That's It's not necessarily just fundraising, but it's, it's developing community support. It's developing community partnerships. Um, they're, we're gaining civilian members. And what we're really doing is developing a grassroots network so that um, when times are tough or there's a narrative out there that's a, a false narrative like we've seen in this state, um, you know, it used to be we did the best we could to get that, that information out there. But um, like any other grassroots organization, you have to have a, a base of supporters that uh, you can get the message out to and they can press the message and uh, support you in the communities and support you through social media. Uh, and so uh, what we've done is, is launched this uh, initiative to gain uh, civilian memberships and civilian understanding and increase that partnership uh, by bringing them on board, um, uh, going to them when we need help, uh, answering questions and helping them when we can. And it really it really is opening up a lot of doors, um, not just in, in fundraising, but we're looking at it more as, again, it's a grassroots campaign whenever we need them, when times are tough, when there's 
legislation that's damaging, when there's defund the police nonsense going on. We want to be able to call on our community because we've had that dialogue and, and they've supported us that we can say, hey, we're in trouble. We need your help. We know that the vast majority of the, the public supports us and supports us overwhelmingly. We just have to be better at messaging and communicating with them. And that's really what this endeavor is, is to communicate with the public while also, also funding our, our charitable um, endeavors. And it, it really seems to be to be working well. Right. And Kevin, I know uh, uh, speaking with you and uh, Jay Schroeder, your uh, your lodge president uh, this weekend, we talk about uh, all of the initiatives that you have and to build that public trust and how it's beneficial uh, in St. Louis. Can you can you discuss a little bit of, of, of what you see, uh, how this foundation is going to help you market that message and, and pull more people into the discussion so we can find meaningful solutions to problems? Well, and, and I think uh, we're finally seeing the warm turning on, on uh, uh, people being tired of these social experiments and, and getting back to uh, getting the police. We've had great uh, response to this uh, new program we've launched. Um, um, it's MissouriFOP.com is, is the website for that. And uh, we're planning four uh, dinner events throughout the state, uh, uh, Central, St. Louis, Kansas City, and, and Southwest. And we're going to bring speakers in uh, and hopefully just give people a chance to see what we do, why we do things. And, and uh, like I said, the response has been uh, amazing so far. Uh, there really is a silent majority out there and they're not being silent anymore. So uh, we need more of that. And we're really looking forward to this uh, opportunity to uh, build our relationships. And it's uh, it, it all starts with a, a single conversation. A single conversation towards a common goal of building a better uh, quality community in, in, in each one of our communities. And, and it all it all works best when everyone is working together towards towards that uh, that same result. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, the, thank you for for all that you do to build support uh, for law enforcement and, and the quality of life in, in each one of your communities. Um, Rick, if someone wants to know more about uh, about the foundation and how they can participate and help and assist, uh, how would they go about that? There's uh, uh, several uh, ways to go go about it on our social media platforms. Uh, the dedicated site uh, website for uh, that endeavor is MissouriFOP.com. Uh, our Twitter handle is at MissouriFOP, and Facebook is Facebook.com slash MissouriFOP. Um, we've really taken a, a page out of the, the national playbook and the the things that you've implemented, Pat, and, and we're really trying to put messaging out there. Um, it doesn't matter what we're doing for the public. If we're not putting that messaging out there, they just don't see it. They don't understand it. Um, so we're using those platforms to not only uh, promote uh, this endeavor, but also to promote open communication and let the public know what's going on with their law enforcement officers and uh, with the Missouri Fraternal Order Police. Well, gentlemen, keep up the great work that you're doing. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a difficult time to be in a leadership role uh, during these past two years when they've thrown so much at us. But uh, yet here we are uh, still standing up and, and standing up for the people within our communities, providing quality uh, uh, 
public safety for our communities and in building that community support that really at the end of the day is, is what it's going to be. When everyone truly understands what we're doing and they understand the rationale of why we do it the way we do, uh, we can find solutions to improve uh, the criminal justice systems moving forward. It's when decisions are made in isolation that we see the results that have happened throughout this country. We need to, we need to reverse course. We need to get everybody engaged in having those meaningful discussions. And I think we all agree. At the end of the day, what we want is what's best for our communities. We make our community safe and make our job safe. So gentlemen, thank you for, uh, for participating. And, and to our viewers, thank you for tuning in uh, to the Blue View, where we talk about the issues that are vitally important to the men and women who suit up and show up every day and go into communities across America and make a difference in the lives of those we serve. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. To get the latest from the National FOP, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GLFOP and on Instagram at FOP National. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.